Undad is part of the Alberta Podcast Network and is powered by ATB. Oh, hello there, everyone. This is the Undad Podcast, and I am Trent Wilkie. The Undad Podcast is a podcast about family and how you are formed by your environment. There will be some swearing, there will be some caring, and there will be some sharing. I hope you put on your lucky jacket, because we're going to go on a journey together. This episode is titled Ghosts. Jason Kenny. Hello, Jellos. This week is going to be another mixed nuts show. Good friend Andrew Paul is away at the Land of the Rising Sun, experiencing Japanese culture. Uh, and having a great time. I hope he's having a great time. But Andrew uh, is the fellow I usually do all of my interviews with. He's my producer. And we're not going to have an interview this week. And you know what? I'm not. It's not that much of a bummer to me. I have a lot of other things that I don't mind putting on the undead. They're not really parenting things. They're not really things that exist in a family atmosphere. But I have created them, and this is my show, so... I'm going to do what I want. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Oh, I remember I was 18 and I was arguing with my uncle and I said, I would never, ever, ever make a dirty dancing reference in a recorded setting. And he said, I bet you a self punch in the face that you will. So... I owe myself a punch in the face, I guess. Anyway, I've always had a really unique relationship with ghosts and being scared and that type of thing. I would say once every two months out of my entire life that I can remember, I have had a night terror where I have woken up in frozen, frozen fear not knowing what to do, all these images, just the most terrible of images popping through my head. And, uh, that's a, that's a, that's my normal. Uh, as a kid, I would remember walking home through the woods late at night, uh, when I was 10, 11, 12, even eight. I remember once when I was eight, I was walking back to my house down this old dirt road and it snowed so much that the snow was up to my hips and there was trees on both sides of the road and I could swear I saw things looking back at me through the birches and uh, I screamed and cried the whole way and it was a 15 minute walk to get to my house and I got home and my mom thought it was hilarious and I think that I've always had a real honest relationship with fear and that's why I don't know you sort of trust it right I'm not saying I believe that there was things out in the woods but fear is real it's nothing that you can talk yourself into or out of. I guess you could talk yourself into being scared, but it's a <laughs> it's pretty tough to talk yourself out of being scared, especially when your mind has sort of 
bought into it. Walking upstairs from a basement. Everybody has that one. You're walking up the stairs and you know there's something down there. But you're like, nope, I'm a 40-year-old man. I'm going to just straight up these stairs. Nothing's going to... And you just fucking run. You just boom, 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 boom. What's wrong, honey? I've got diarrhea. I've got to diarrhea. That's why I ran up the stairs as fast as I could. I'm going to go into the bathroom and, and I'm going to diarrhea. See? Save face. Totally save face. Nobody knows that you have a fear boner. With that in mind... I wrote a series of questions about ghosts and I emailed them to just people at random, whoever was on Facebook, whoever was on Facebook messenger that night, I think. And I just sent it out there and I got some responses, which was cool. Um, but yeah, it's just people's relationship with ghosts and fear and that type of thing. I always find very interesting, uh, being a horror movie buff. You always want to know what makes, what's the high that people get from it. Um, I do remember seeing hereditary in the theater, and, and I annoyed the living shit out of Darren Plavin because I would not shut up. Because I was nervous and talking and my jokes were real good. And the person beside me was enabling me. And uh, I think it was Cindy Burgess. Anyway, I was on funny fire that night because it was just such a terrifying movie. I was like, ooh, making little jokes here and there. Uh, but anyway, people have weird responses to fear. Uh, I tend to either talk like an asshole or run for my life and then blame it on the diarrheas as everything. It doesn't work with cops. Don't blame anything on the diarrheas with cops because they, they can, they can sniff that one out. All right. We're going to, we're going to keep going. The Alberta podcast network powered by ATB builds audiences for Alberta made podcasts and connects those listeners to Alberta based businesses and organizations. They pay their member podcasts to spread the word about ATB and there are other sponsors. They also promote affiliated podcasts that are produced by their sponsors, and their network is set up so that their members cross-promote each other, thus building each other's audiences and increasing the number of listeners, which helps their sponsors, too. Visit the AlbertaPodcastNetwork.com for more info. These questions I sent out were... I just called them actual ghost stories. And I was going to use these questions in a, um, a longer form piece about people's relationships with the unknown. Uh, and I never really got around to do it because I think, Oh, I remember what happened. A friend got sick and nothing really made sense anymore. So I moved on anyway. Um, I'm not going to get into that, yeah, but anyway, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to read you the questions. And then I'm going to read my friend's answers. Uh, and this is a nonfiction work in my mind, uh, because I'm asking people how they would respond to certain things. How would they react to a ghost scenario? So I'll read you the questions and then I'll go on my friend's answers. And if I feel like the answers are still vague because you don't know the questions, I'll just reread the questions. I'm an explainy guy. Okay. I'm very explainy. Question number one, you're an adult, but there are still those places that trigger that childlike fear response, be it the basement, the attic, an old barn. Where is that place for you? My friend Scott McGovern, who's living in Guelph on Terrible, 
responded thusly, For a specific place, there is not one in particular that is terrifying, but each place has an atmosphere of spirits, to a greater or lesser degree. There are certainly buildings I've been in that I prefer not to be inside alone, especially at night. The only recurring dream-slash-nightmare I've had in adulthood involves crossing the threshold of an ambiguous large room and becoming overwhelmingly terrified by the ghosts in it, but not seeing or hearing them at all. That's a good one. On to my friend Samuel Vartanyuk, who is in Kitchener-Waterloo on Terrible. And he said this, This fear doesn't come anymore unless I allow it to. I do this sometimes. The Paranormal Activity franchise is particularly good for this. I watch them in my basement alone and suddenly feel a little familiar feel. I'm alone, in the basement, with whatever else lurks down here. And I feel the rush of anxiety. But it's not the same as when I was a kid. It's nostalgic. And I allow it to wash over me for a while. And I'm reminded of watching Nightmare on Elm Street when I was 11 years old. And not getting a good night's sleep for weeks afterwards. Angela Seahagen of the Edmonton area is a master of brevity. And we will go into the Angela Seahagen answers. The basement storage lockers of my condo building and the bathroom mirror when the lights are off. To the point. Succinct. Wonderful. Okay. I'm going to do three people. And those are the three. Scotty Mack, Samwise, Burton Suck, and Angela Siegen. Second question. Describe the time you are most inexplicably scared. Scott McGovern. It is difficult to separate instances based on if it was inexplicable or not. I'm not exactly frightened by situations. Perhaps more psychically disturbed? There certainly have been times, more so in childhood, where I felt an immediate urgency to vacate a room. Sam Vartanyuk. I've never been scared of something I couldn't explain. Especially since I've become an adult. Rational thought and logic will defeat fear every time for me. I've felt disproportionately scared of things. I hear a noise late at night and wonder if I'm going to have to defend my home from intruders to protect my young family. But that's not inexplicable. It's also usually just my cat. Angela. After filming a short in the Garneau Theatre in Edmonton, I was the only one left in the theatre while everyone else was in the lobby of the building. The lights were off, and I had to plug in the solo light that sits on the stage. I climbed up on the stage and was trying to find the plug behind the big curtains. I was sweating with fear that someone, or something, was hiding in the curtains or up in the rafters. Question number three. If you saw a ghost in real life, would you be scared? Scott. That would depend on the situation and what was seen, but overall... Yes, it would be alarming, as that experience would likely greatly influence your thoughts and sense of existence forever. Sam. If I saw a ghost in real life, I imagine I'd be scared, but I'd also be filled with explosive excitement. It would ultimately confirm the existence of a spiritual plane, and that is exciting beyond words to me. Angela. If I didn't know them previously, yes. If I knew them previously, 
probably just shocked. Question four. What would you ask it to prove that it was a ghost and that, in fact, this experience is real and not just a moment of insanity or sentient incapacitation? Scott, that is a dangerous dilemma to have and something that one must be very careful pursuing. Beyond that, the idea of verbal communication of any kind would likely clarify things if one cannot trust the other senses. The questioning of the reality of the experience could be pondered about any situation one perceives. Nice, Scotty. Kenny Govnuts are laying down the truth once, Stenge. Who's the hood and the hockey sticker once, Kenny Govs? Sam. I'd observe the ghost. I wouldn't interact until it forced me to, or seemed to request it. Then I'd treat it the same way i treat an animal. Give it lots of space if it seems scared. Give it space to come to me if it seems curious. Be as open as possible while still protecting myself if that seemed necessary. I'd probably look around the space to see if I could see any cameras, projection equipment, etc. Technology that would allow you to fake a ghost sighting. I'd probably try to film it. Angela. I would need them to wait while I called in a second trusted opinion. While waiting, I would want them to tell me what strange abilities they had as a ghost, and then I would pick from that list. So, if a ghost could, say, go through walls, but also they can make cake, I think that... Angela would have them make a lot of cake, because that's the one I would pick too, because I can't go through walls, but I can eat cake. Question number five. Because of your previous experience, the world is a different place now. You know ghosts exist. What would be the first thing that entered your mind? Scott. I would have to consider the proof of ghosts existing to decide how to approach the situation. It would really depend on the frame of reference of what is known about ghosts to prove their existence. Sam. I wonder if we can communicate with our dead loved ones. I wonder if they can explain to us what comes after. Angela. How do I ghost-proof my walls so I don't get unexpected visitors? I need to make a ghost friend ASAP. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad I didn't read these previously. Such wonderful insights. <laughs> Very funny. <clears throat> Question number six. If you were ever to be visited by a ghost, who would you want that ghost to be? Scott. This is a very difficult question, as I can't decide who would be the best to encounter, assuming that some form of communication is possible. Also, it would depend on what they look like as a ghost, whether as an apparition of their human form at the time of death, or as something completely different. In the former situation, I think I'd choose a really beautiful woman, as that would just be neat to see, like Marilyn Monroe. Or it would be cool to hang out with someone from a long time ago, just to see what that's like. If the ghost talks, I'd like to hang out with Marshall McLuhan, if he'd talk about the dynamics of the afterlife. 
Scotty Marshall McLoons from Edmund Chuck. Come visit anytime you want, buddy. We got a room. Sam Vartniuk. I would want to see my maternal grandmother. My maternal grandmother is the first thing that came to mind. So we'll go with that. I regret that she never got to meet my daughters. And then they never got to meet her. I love you, Sammy. Angela. I'm curious to meet an early ancestor in my family. Some eccentric, hopefully. Question seven. The ghost assures you that it is real and here for a reason. Connect that ghost to you on a personal level. Example, it's Roy Orbison and Pretty Woman is your favorite song. Or it's Ralph Waldo Emerson and his words have encapsulated your spiritual perspective of the world. Scott McGovern. Let's go with McLuhan. I suppose I thought of him as I've been reading his words every day for six months. So he has become a mystical ghost who visits me to confound and enlighten me every day. I don't think I'd fear him as a ghost. And I would like for him to continue to reflect on his experiences. Sam, see response above, i.e. my maternal grandmother. My maternal grandmother died when I was 13. So I never knew her as an adult. But she seemed to me to be kind and patient, intelligent and funny and full of love. Wonderful, Sam. Angela, I would be connected on a genetically personal level, I suppose. Question number eight. This is the second last question. Would you help it in whatever it needed and for whatever reason it was there, even if it meant drastically affecting your life? Why or why not? Scott McGovern. Yes, if I found the relationship to be personally rewarding. Like anything, if the benefits outweigh the sacrifice, it is worth pursuing, even if it is with a ghost. In this way, the ghost is just an object or a concept, perhaps resembling a human, but not with all the benefits of being alive. However, it would also be difficult to decline a ghost's request for assistance if asked. Sam Bartniuk It would depend on what it wanted me to do. I would not sacrifice the happiness or health of the living to assist the dead. Fucking yeah, Bartsy. Angela. That seriously depends on what it needs help with, and if the drastic effect is positive or negative. If it's going to permanently mess up my life, then I would help it find a more willing assistant. Final question. What would you like to mostly gain from this experience? Money, knowledge, or other? And why? Kenny Govnutzer. That's my nickname for Scott McGovern. That would depend on the dynamics. Probably money, though, as knowledge is free. Money is tricky, though, and people have made it into the ultimate magical object in our world to control. Sammy Vartz. Knowledge. Confirmation that there are more things in heaven and earth than dreamt in my philosophy. Angela. Knowledge to share. Learning more about the afterlife from their perspective would be fascinating. Look at you. 
Your pants are so fancy. You wear them with an ethereal confidence. Those fancy pants. Anyway, have you heard of the Overdue Finds podcast? You have not? Well, I got a story to tell you. The Overdue Finds podcast, presented by the Edmonton Public Library, is hosted by Bryce Cretendon and Caroline Land. They discuss movies, music, books, pretty much any sort of popular culture and media you can think of, and likely some you've never thought of. You'll learn more about what you can find at the library. It comes out every two weeks. Find the show at epl.ca slash podcast. So the second part of this is not going to happen yet. Um, I put out a, uh, a Facebook poll. A while ago, I just decided it'd be funny to write a whole bunch of poetry based, uh, not based, but pretending to be Jason Kenny. And uh, I just threw it out there. Uh, the poll states, I have several poems that I have written as if I were Jason Kenny. Would you like to hear them? That was about 50 minutes ago. Right now, we're at 32 votes. 75% said yes. 25% said no. Uh, so I'm going to wait another... I'm going to hit the hour mark, then decide if these are going to get read or not. And if they don't get read, then they don't get read. And then I'll end the podcast. Uh, but yeah, so either you're going to hear Jason Kenny poems, or you're not. And either you're welcome, or you're welcome. So, <laughs> we're going to... What? Trent assumes you know who Jason Kenny is. If you don't, here is a cliff notes on the man known as the Minister for Curry in a Hurry. Kenny is a Canadian politician and current leader of the United Conservative Party in Alberta. He has never worked on a farm, wears a cowboy hat but has never been on a horse, is an expert on the theory of women's bodies, and has many opinions on who should have sex with who. Also, he sometimes refers to himself as the meme lord and slaps his own butt when he laughs. Okay, we're at the hour mark, and uh, I've got 35 votes. Uh, 77% say yes, 23% say no. So, let's uh, go ahead with my uh, Jason Kenny poetry. Okay, so these were just some poems that, I, I don't know why, I just love irony, I love contrasts, and I decided to pretend to write some poems as if I were Jason Kenny. And without any explanation other than that, here they are. This is the first poem. It's called F-150. 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 That is what you mean to me. You drive me to where I need to be. And in contrast, represent me. Like shaking a hand across the wheat sea. With grassroots roots and iconography. Sure, I may not be what I seem, but F-150, oh, F-150, this is what I need to be. All right, finger snaps, everyone. Great, great, great job. All right.
The next one is called Anger Sword. Truth need no proof, nor fact, nor relief. Because all truth needs is the faith of belief. A mind already made up is my aperitif. Can't you see what he is doing? Handsome, liberal, thief. Thank you very much, everybody. Loving the finger snaps, guys. I can really feel it. Feel it in the cockles. Feel it in my... Right where my heart has all the blocks in it. And that night, I think I'm going to die in my sleep and I can feel them there. This is the only love song on this album. It's called Defilda. Does a man make a man a man? Even though the man might not know what a man is? Because I'm confused. Right now I'm out of words. I have to get up early tomorrow. Never do that to me again, Derek. Don't hurt me that way. And take your shirts with you when you go. This one's a fun one. I was on the Twitter machines and uh, I said, Hey, I'm writing some J Jason Kenny poetry. Does anybody have any type of topics or anything like that? And uh, local scribe and wonderful human, uh, Mr. Todd Babiuk, I he said something about, I think it was like a, a rotary phone. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I think it was had something to do with a rotary phone. Anyway, um, so this is, this one took me a while because I sort of made it the full-on Jason Kenny documentary in a under five minute poem reality. Anyway, it's stupid and I'm stupid and I don't mind saying this stuff because I have pretty good self-esteem. All right, let's go. It's called Old Phone in the Attic. Thank you, Todd Babiak. In 1988, I staked my claim to go for broke and make my name. I left SFU to plant my flag, my lucky rotary dial packed in my bag. I used that phone to call forth the truth, and in hindsight, it represented my youth. But I was naive and needed to move. That phone, myself, had things to prove. I got to Saskatchewan and met Goodall. I gave him grace. I gave him my all. And liberal Jason was who I came to be. But being the more loving one, that was not me. I heard the screams of my generation, and so I joined the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. And in doing so, I put that phone to bed and left the rotary clicks to die in the back of my head. And a new Jason would lead the way. A social conservative. I heard myself say, Canada needs the voice of the grassroots. I swear it by these brand new, unused cowboy boots. But every once in a while, I hear that old rotary ring. It reminds me of liberal Jason. That long since dead thing. And it scares me. So very much. So I push it away and distract myself by arguing about GSAs. Eh, well, it wasn't that bad. And the final one is the truth in all of it. It's called Nature 
by not Jason Kenny. Nature. I once saw two bears fight. It was at night. I paid for it. It made my pants not fit. Well, there we go on this week's uh, Undad podcast. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. I really don't know what else to say other than I love doing this stuff, and it's silly and stupid. I had a whole bunch. Of, I had some cowboy stuff I was gonna do because I loved writing the the Louis L'Amour styled cowboy treaties. I had um, a lot of other stuff that I was gonna do, but I just stuck to the basics. And I really want to thank, really, really, really want to thank. Uh, Scott McGovern, Sam Vartnyuk, and Angela C. Hagen for the, just, just, it was out of the blue and they just answered like so thoughtful. So anyway, we're going to, we're going to finish this up right now. Uh, Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, Stay tuned till next week and have yourselves a good night. I'd like to thank Andrew Paul for producing this episode. I'd also like to thank the Edmonton Community Foundation for the recording space and the support. I'd also also like to thank Nathaniel Sutton of Brother Octopus slash Defend the Rhino slash whatever it is the heck he's working on for the intro music. You can find me at theundad.com or online at theundad on Twitter or just type in the undad on Facebook. Or you can email me at trent at thetrentwilkie.com or you can just see me on the street and give me a way too long hug. <laughs>